Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're going to make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. Here at Questionable Detour, we have been so lucky to get a bunch of highly intelligent, intuitive, in- inquisitive listeners. A couple of them are their MIT degrees. Uh, yeah, I mean, Harvard. Har- I mean, with Harvard EDU email addresses. <laughs> just a lot of them. God, just. But this email is not one of those. Now, the email simply reads as this What would you do? With a jar of pickles. Hey. No address. Yeah. No. There's no introduction, address, or like signing off with his name. But his email address is titsman6969. I don't know, titsman, if you want your email to be read over the air. But when you... <laughs> you could have known better when you sent this email with that address. <laughs> titsman, with a Z, by the way. T-I-T-Z. <laughs> I didn't know if this was a hypothetical or advice. Or just a question for or us. Or just, like, he was, the like, question was burning a hole in his head. Like, he was just like, God, dude, what? He's been polling people he works yeah. with. He has a jar of pickles in his fridge he's confused about. <laughs> he's like, he'll open up that fridge and be like, I have zero clue how to handle this. These used to be cucumbers? <laughs> <laughs> well, he asks, what do, you, what do y'all do with a jar of pickles? I don't- uh, the thing that makes it just even funnier is that he sent it as a secure email. Like he didn't want this this email to be intercepted by anyone that hacks his email. So it's definitely his porn email. <laughs> he sent it as an encrypted email. So he didn't want anyone to find out he sent this email or what was in it if somebody were to come across it. But I mean, what a question to be introspective about. So like, I guess we should answer him. I, you know, it feels rude got? not to. It feels kind of rude not to. I, let's think of it as like a make a wish situation (laughs) so what do y'all do what do y'all guys do with the jar of pickles i don't know you can frame it as advice or hypothetical well tits man 69 69 can can you call you tits (laughs) (laughs) is that okay is that what your mom called you (laughs) for me pickles are kind of like they're like people uh (laughs) in the way that i kind of fashion them and you know make little legs for them, and then I use them to recreate conversations that happened at work uh, um, and kind of role play. Yeah. yeah. So I'll dress up a pickle for each person and kind of just walk through the situation to see how I could have handled it better mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. how they could have handled it better and given me more praise and more money and uh, just <laughs> kind of ways that they could have seen me as a god better. It, mm. it really helps you cope with your embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those days where... You know, I tripped down a flight of stairs. Oh, yeah. Which... <laughs> you replay the situation where you're a pickle going down the stairs perfectly? Yeah, every bump, every bump, every elbow that hits the ground uh, tumbles over. Every bruise on my body is recreated on that pickle. And the reaction of the other pickles that uh, give to this pickle that obviously is injured on the yeah. ground. Obviously... Crying. Crying. <laughs> probably has a bone sticking out of his leg. Um, they don't care. They're just laughing. Mm. Um, they're just looking down in that pickle. So, <laughs> so I'm just. Oh. 
Do you need a tissue? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Um, so I, I just kind of walked through how they could have reacted better yeah. to that situation. They would have, they would have like caressed you. Yeah, and... like they could have come over, pat my head a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a little miniature of the studio with like three pickles in front of like tiny little mics, <laughs> and like you replay situations in here that you could have done better? Yeah, like jokes are... that didn't really land. <laughs> If Zach didn't edit this one out, here's how it would have gone. <laughs> yeah, I actually make a second podcast. <laughs> the pickles. What's what's your pickle podcast called? Tickle me pickle. <laughs> the post show pickle show. <laughs> yeah, but do you like have like maybe Alan gave you a bad look or one episode? Mm-hmm. And you're like you go back home. You're like. Ugh. I gotta, I gotta replay this. <laughs> as soon as you guys walk out the door, I've already put the table up when you were here. Yeah. I whip it back out. That's right. Um, and then I just kind of start going through it, and I'm like, Alan didn't laugh at this joke, but You're he like, will ha, now. Ha, ha. You're like, thank you, Alan. <laughs> but you give us all really effeminate voices. Yeah. <laughs> Even myself. <laughs> I mean, whatever you use to cope, I guess. <laughs> It's a tough world out there. We all got to find a way to get through it. <laughs> all right, Alan, what do you do with a jar of pickles? I don't like pickles. I think they're disgusting. They are. I agree with okay. you. Um, I'll disagree with you. <laughs> this will be something he replays later. Yeah. <laughs> he gets your little Alan. Pickle, he's like, I love pickles. <laughs> I know. Pickle I Alan like is I not going like to look great in the post show. <laughs> But I just I just take those pickles out of that jar, just sopping wet, and throw them in a manila envelope and mail them to my enemies. A note or anything? No note. They understand. <laughs> just a pickle. Once they once they get the pickle, they'll they'll understand what it means. For people that aren't your enemies, mm-hmm. what does it mean? What message are you trying to send? It's sort of a your move colon I've got your mom. <laughs> Jeez. So it just kind of says, you know, your mother is is kidnapped. She's with me now, and it's do your best, you know. And you've talked about this with your enemies before you sent the pickle, or are they kind of well, they'll just, know. Like, yeah. If I ever get a pickle from Alan, I'm like, yeah, oh, you'll go you'll have you'll have an idea that this is exactly what's going on. <laughs> You're in an underworld that re- really isn't talked about. It sounds mm. like a weird like vegetable mafia. Yeah, my my circle deals in signs and those signs are all vegetable related. <laughs> so, we don't deal as much with words. D- I see what you did there though. You don't deal. Uh, and that is <laughs> Let me tell you how I meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't deal in words. It's uh just vegetables as signs, really. So like if somebody crosses you, instead of like instead of putting a horse head in the bed like mm-hmm. the classic mafia will do, mm-hmm. you'll maybe put a head of lettuce in yeah. the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so like, you know, there are other things. Just uh give me give me a, a vegetable. Uh how about a cauliflower? Cauliflower means I've cut the phone lines. Don't try calling out. <laughs> I love a mafia built around puns. Yeah. <laughs> Really enhances the sense of danger. <laughs> what about lettuce? I didn't realize you leave the head of lettuce in the bed, but what does that mean? It means let us get down to business. <laughs> if you don't do what I say, there's more where this came from. Sincerely, Alan. 
Wait, you write yeah. a, you there's a note or there's a whole just, script. That's just that that's just what a head of lettuce means. That's the internal monologue yeah, that they go yeah. through. So like Evan his alarm would go off at like ten thirty in the morning because mm-hmm. he's a deadbeat. And <laughs> <laughs> unnecessary shot. <laughs> and he tosses his covers over all happy and gleeful. So then would be like, What is this doing in the bed? And like Evan's face goes stark white. He's like, ah, let let us get down to business. I've got to talk to Adam. <laughs> I need to make a call. <laughs> there wasn't any cauliflower in here, was there? <laughs> Quick, search around. Because <laughs> you'll hide it sometimes. Like, no. Yeah. Like, no, there's an eggplant. That one's really just hope you have a good day. <laughs> it's a nice one. Or you're going to have a good day. <laughs> oh, that's that's very good. <laughs> Well, all right, Tinsman, here's what I will do with a head of lettuce. You know, in riots, you'll see multiple types of weapons. You know, one weapon always underwhelmed me. That was the Molotov cocktail. They were always so sm- so small. Didn't do a lot of damage. I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to fill a pickle jar of gasoline and stick a, a beach towel off the top. Light that thing on fire and then go toss it through somebody's window. And watch the mushroom cloud as they run out of the house. <laughs> Why has nobody ever thought about that? Because Molotov cocktails are always tiny. They are always tiny, but they're also easy to throw. You're going to have to throw a pickle jar of gasoline like Donkey Kong. I mean, you got two hands, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> You're going to have to do that over your head. It's like going to be an overhead toss. Tossing in the like, soccer ball. Just kind of not safe. Yeah. <laughs> like throwing in, throwing in the soccer ball. Yeah, you like... Do a flip first, you know, sometimes all they'll do yeah. to kind of inbound the ball. I just imagine the almost artistic way that thing would explode in some mom and pop's shoe store <laughs> as you riot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you're as you looking for a TV to yank out of a wall, window. I just think riots could be more dramatic. Every time I see a riot, I'm like, something, something's missing. If there was a riot happening right now and you were in the area, what's the first store you would go to riot? Probably a Bath and Body Works. Mm. And here's the reason. They have so many candles. So not only would you uh, initiate destruction, you would also make the area smell so good. Because you would have lit all the candles with your pee bomb. And I'm going to say you're not their target demographic, so they wouldn't suspect you, I don't think. You could surprise Ryan. Or would they? I mean... Their target demographics that like could blow up a. Well, you could put them in your Molotov cocktail and kind of spread the scent throughout the city too. You know, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Just add scent to it. Yeah. As people are like, oh no, there goes my hopes and dreams burning. But God, it smells like lavender. <laughs> Is that vanilla? <laughs> what a tasteful <laughs> Molotov. It smells like cherry in December. <laughs> this reminds me of home. Oh, there goes all of my wedding pictures. <laughs> God, it smells so good. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, there you go, Tisman. I don't know if we answered your question correctly or in what context, but that's what us three do with pickles. Welcome to Questionable Detour. Let's do some hypotheticals. Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract, purely hypothetical question? I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. All right. For our hypothetical today, we have a email from a listener named T-Man. He says, yo, 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 QD. That, it was that five? Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> I was afraid we weren't listening. QD. He's really trying to get our attention. An attention getter. <laughs> 
I've been trying to come up with a hypothetical for you guys, and I finally got one. Got a haircut today, and the guy cutting my hair was a freak, but like it reminded me of you guys and what you would do as a barber. Wait, he said it. he's a freak, and it reminded me of us, y'all. Like, yeah. He said we're freaks. Oh, yeah, that is what he was saying. Yeah. He said he's a freak, and it reminded me of y'all. The schizophrenic oh, barber. He's like, oh, I wonder. I know who this guy reminds me of. You guys are just like you. So, like, what would you guys do as a barber? Love the show, by the way. T-Man. So, hypothetically, if you were a barber mm. and you were a little freak, what would you do? <laughs> Get over here, girl. Uh, well, all right, T-Man. Um... You know, as the three freaks, we wear many hats. And, you know, cutting hair is just one of those hats. So what do y'all guys do? Y'all take up the the scissors and the clippers. How how are y'all as barbers? Like we talked about for me last week, hair is something that I'm a bit of a collector on. Yeah, you collect it. But in the process of gathering said hair, I think it's important to kind of vet out what hair you're gathering and kind of just get to know it. So... Of course, I'm a barber by trade, and what I do when I'm cutting people's hair is I kind of just, is it, is in my hand, and then I oh. cut it off the edge, oh. take a good sniff of it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> really get to know it, kind of maybe take it back to the lab at home and put it under a microscope and just kind of see it on a molecular level. Sure, absolutely, you know? yeah. Just get to know the hair. What I found is that hair really tells a story. Oh. <laughs> He evidently just moved over by a fireplace. <laughs> and let me open it's, my book here. It's, let, it's, let me tell this story to you. It's snowing outside. He's all cozy. He's got looking. on his velvet house robe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Let's, what's the story? Well, I was cutting this chap's hair the other day. He seemed like a normal guy. Uh, didn't have much to talk about with his voice. But when I got home and I looked at that hair under a microscope that I stashed away in my pocket as I was cutting it, I saw pain. Uh, <laughs> Is that because you're yanking it out of his head? <laughs> I saw pain from maybe 1996, 1997. You read hair like people read rings in a tree. Yeah, it's kind of like tarot cards. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. So you tell their you tell their futures? It's the opposite of tarot cards. <laughs> I tell their past. <laughs> Um, and kind of as I was looking at 1996, 1997, he, he had a bad year. There was a small house fire when he was 13 that he was trapped in the house for at least 30 minutes of. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, firefighters rescued him and... There's a little singe in that part of the hair, yeah. 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 More than a singe. This is the Um, first time this guy's got a haircut in his whole life, it sounds like, and he's come to you. His hair... trusted you. It... Didn't grow very fast. As you pick <laughs> through his hair like an ape, <laughs> looking for lice. Yeah. He started that house fire. <laughs> <laughs> you read that in his hair? I did. I, I learned that he was an arson suspect and ah. I, actually an arsonist. He just never got caught. Yeah. He actually went on a string of arsons that year. Oh, man. That... <laughs> He's out of the statute of limitations yeah. for these crimes, so he's sitting a little more relaxed. Yeah, time. yeah. He he figured he could come get a haircut now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. let it tell its story. And I, I'm kind of looking down at like I'm a SVU detective <laughs> and kind of just piecing things together. Now, did you did you go to the police station with your hard evidence, <laughs> totally scientific evidence, and you you laid like you look like a detective with your 
your big like duster jacket and your yeah. aviator glasses. Mm-hmm. You're I'm, like, you're like, listen, boys, I got a suspect. Mm-hmm. And then you just start showing them some hair. <laughs> you're like, right here, <laughs> right here is when he did the arson. Yeah, I walk up to the police station with, like you said, my aviator glasses and my giant duster, and I say, boys, looks like we've solved another cold case. <laughs> and then I rip off my glasses and say, or should I say, a hot case. Because this man burned down a host of buildings, oh, and then it uh, kicks into like the intro to your show. Yeah, <laughs> as you make that pun. Yeah, and they don't take any of the evidence. They, I am not credible at all. No, uh, just for the sake of being over to overproduce our show here, go ahead and give us that line again, and I'm going to inlay the CSI of Miami, <laughs> the, the from the, the who the scream. Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and inlay. So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and give us that one more time, Evan. <clears throat> Let me warm up my voice here. Give us your best uh, David Caruso. (laughs) Boys, I've served. Or he had a stroke and he had like his face started drooping. (laughs) Boys, I've solved another cold case. Or should I say hot case? Because he burned down 13 Wendy's in 2004. <laughs> what did he have against Wendy's? I don't know. Uh, that the hair didn't say that? He didn't like the Baconator. Okay. <laughs> now, how far does this kind of vigilante detective Evan go with the hair? Are you breaking into crime scenes and just <laughs> like, who is that guy? Just leaning like way too close to the head of the body, like he's just like he's like all his nose all up in it. Yeah, I'm working on a citizen's arrest for this guy that I'm cooking up, kind of waiting on him. I don't didn't really get an address or anything, so kind of waiting on a. I guess the hair has limitations. Yeah, (laughs) kind of waiting on him to walk back in. But for other crime scenes, like you're saying, I try to stay in my lane. Uh, mm. I only handle crimes that are brought to me in my hair salon. Mm. Cut somebody's hair who told me that they sold cocaine. Is that because they sold you cocaine? <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> you seem a little bit more upbeat today. Has a, has a, has a little more energy going on. Um, you know? There's a guy sitting in Evan's barber chair. He's sitting there waiting. And he thinks he's going to get started. He turns around and Evan comes up from the desk behind him. He's like... <laughs> Oh, let's get let's get started. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We're cutting hair today. <laughs> it looks like Edward Scissors hands, there's hair flying everywhere. <laughs> the hair is not even at all. <laughs> it looked like you put his head under one of those old school lawnmowers, you know, that had that spins. <laughs> yeah, I was just getting evidence from that guy. Uh, I was just trying to catch him in the act. Well, what yeah, it sounds like you were going undercover. Exactly. You know, you're playing the part yeah. of the as the undercover, you know, drug dealer. Mm-hmm. It was a deep drug sting, and let's just say one of us is caught up in something now. <laughs> You're just addicted to hard drugs? <laughs> yeah. So, like, let's say since you're a detective and you're, like, in a police helicopter, you're in the back of that just, like, telescope. Not even binoculars. You're getting really into people's business. You're just looking at the heads of people looking for uh, or looking for a suspect. Is that how you go about that? I wouldn't say I'd get in a helicopter. I'm a little afraid of heights, so... It's just a helicopter on the back of a flatbed truck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just ride around in a out-of-the-sunroof of my wife's vehicle and kind of just, just look around. I don't even have a 
telescope, or I don't even have binoculars. I'm just <laughs> you're just squinting. I'm just like looking, <laughs> you know. Sun's in my eyes most of the time. You're like, that's not him. That's not him. <laughs> Can't be that guy. What about bald guys? Do you see them as a lost cause or like a crime you can't solve? They, they're like a different language to me. Bald guys, it's if you're not able to get hair from elsewhere on their body, it is kind of like trying to read Russian if you've never been taught Russian. You know, right? You're you'd end up just begging them. You're like, please tell me some crimes you've yeah, done. Just please give tell me. Anything. me. Give me anything. <laughs> I'm not even looking for just crimes, really. It's just, I want to know about them. I want to know them personally. So they could be innocent people. You just you just want to learn their, their backstory? Yeah, exactly. And maybe frame them for a crime. <laughs> oh, you're not even telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's a possibility. Maybe I'll frame them. Not. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying I like to leave my options open. Like, people are like, are you sure you did it, arson? And you're like... I mean, there's a good chance he did. Like, I can't prove he didn't do ours. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're trying to get people put in jail. No, yeah, I 100% am. You can take off the sheriff badge if you want. No, I like the way it weighs down my shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's dragging. <laughs> it's stretching out the neck hole. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer it's it that so way. It's so heavy. <laughs> it's like, it's a hubcap <laughs> that you've... That you've just stuck on to make it look like a star. Like you've stuck on other metal to make it look like a star. I can make it make one for you if you need one. You look like Flavor Flav <laughs> with his big <laughs> clock necklace. So basically, if you want a subpar haircut and be framed for a crime, go to your barber shop. Yeah. Okay. All right, Alan. I see you have your, your barber apron. You have that yep. weird spinny mm-hmm. thing on the outside of barber shops. That, yeah, letting them know I'm open. Yeah, letting them know you're open. So what do you do as a barber? Well, like Evan, I'm also collecting that hair. Um, but I'm not doing it for knowledge. I'm not seeking to solve crimes or just learn about people's backstories. I'm using that hair to braid it and make rope. And I think, I think one thing about rope right now these days is that it's a lot of the same color. Mm. And one of the great things about hair is, is that it comes in upwards of three. <laughs> So what we're looking at is maybe like a three-stranded stranded rope, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Or just something multicolored. You're you're weaving your weaving your different hairs together. Um just multicolored, you know. Now, are you selling this rope? This hair rope? Like what what what's the plan after you weave it all together? What we're doing is I'm really going to try and sell it to uh, old-timey navies. <laughs> So ships that still use masts, yeah, absolutely. Um, they seem to be the biggest uh, proponents for a lot of rope. There's a lot of rope going on in a big old timey pirate ship or an old timey <laughs> navy ship. You know, um, you hope it's a pirate ship. Like, I, I hope it's a pirate <laughs> ship. They're they're slightly cooler, a little bit rapier, which is not great, but you know they're You're they, only selling them hair. I, I'm only selling them hair. What they do with the hair, you know, it's none of my business. Now. I saw a few people climbing a mountain. They were scaling the side of a mountain mm-hmm. with your rope. Um, that's a that's kind of an interesting use of it. They it didn't work out well for them. Uh, what uh, <laughs> what happened? If you don't mind me asking, I, I'll have to take it to quality. Well, as they were climbing the the rope mm-hmm. that you've made out here was as they were climbing, just kind of rubbing on a jagged rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say I'm I'm just gonna stop you right there. That's and, something that happens with standard rope. <laughs> <laughs> 
But listen, but they, as the, this person was falling to their impending death, they were like, five stars, I'm glad it came in the color red. Wow. Splat. Mm. You know, he hit it. And that's just a testimonial um, <laughs> for the... For the business, we love to hear a great review. You said that was five stars. He gave you five stars. That's a great verbal five stars before his death. Like, like it's kind of it's kind of crazy because you would think as he's falling to his death, maybe he would pray. Yeah, maybe yeah. he would ask to enter the pearly gates. No, <laughs> his final thoughts he were was, he was leaving a review. Hey God, Alan assaulted people for his hair, their hair. That's and what made this rope. We. That's what I strive to have is just a great customer base. Yeah, that's Not, what our consumer culture is all about mm-hmm, these days. Right. Yeah, you know? and we're kind of trying to figure out what customers want. And so one of the things they were saying is, "Not everybody's hair smells good." Like this is kind of a smelly, smelly rope. So what we're doing is, we're we're weaving. <laughs> a normal complaint for rope, <laughs> which is kind of a smelly standard. Rope. <laughs> you know, people people have all kinds of complaints. So, you know, rope not smelling great is one of them, you know. You you work with that rope day in and day out. You want a good smell. So we're we're testing out weaving in some some mint dental floss. Actually, a fantastic idea. You know, just a couple strains in there. We're adding color, we're adding yeah. scent, and maybe taste. Oh, Ooh, put some chocolate in there, like maybe. a little mint chocolate? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wrapped up in there yeah yeah you know in case they're hungry <laughs> now let me ask you this how upset are you that there has been a vast decrease in the execution by the gallows i'm not gonna lie it has uh tanked the business <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were around when that was happening oh and all yeah of a oh yeah and... yeah yeah it's uh you know it's not necessarily me that started this you know it's, it's a family affair wow. you know Generations of, of my family have uh, been rope makers, yeah. ropers, ropists, uh, <laughs> those that weave uh, is, is what they go by. Um, but yeah, it really it really tanked um, our, our industry back then um, when the gallows got removed. Um, we we petitioned to have them quit using firing squads and lethal injection. Yeah. I mean, as a serial ropist, yeah, like you're probably outside yeah. of those. In kind of the crowd of the anti-capital punishment crowd, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they're like saying, you know, in capital punishment, you're like, in certain types of capital punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with them, but only slightly. <laughs> what my approach is to it is I'm saying in capital punishment in this way, let's go back to like a nostalgic time. Yeah. When everybody could just come around and a town square yeah and see just people dying and you know honestly like the guillotine as well uh makes use of rope yeah so yeah. you know we can it doesn't have to just be the the gallows we can do that we can do a guillotine as well i'm sure there's other death death by rope you know tie somebody behind a horse and just drag them through town drag them through yeah. town there's yeah. death can come in a lot of different <laughs> ways and rope seems to be in the center of it. Rope, yeah. Rope seems to be, it plays a huge role. Hair doesn't bring about death. <laughs> Not but, normally. But if you twist it mm-hmm. and bind it together, If you weave it, it weave it together tightly. Well, I do have a question for you. So you said this was a family business. Mm-hmm. So this is something you're passing on to your kids. Uh, are they currently? They're going to be serial, serial ropists. Well, are they going to be child ropists? A, a ropist is a level. You don't get to be a ropist until you've <laughs> until you've passed through a series of stages. 
Sure, but you were a child rapist at one point, right? I was a prodigy. You, prodigy. <laughs> I was a, I I was a prodigy. I got to skip like three different steps. Okay. So yes, <laughs> you're correct. <laughs> no wonder you like the capital punishment. It takes no consent. <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's versatile, useful, and artistic. Yeah, I I agree. You know, it's a in this capitalistic society, it's all about what you can do to make that money, bringing home that bread. And the way I do that is weaving hair into ropes and selling it to capital punishment users and old navies. <laughs> and not the old navy store. <laughs> I mean, old merchant mariners <laughs> on the open seas that have to pull sails. Yeah, very good. <laughs> well, all right. Here's what I do as a barber. So in a lot of barber shops, there's TVs around for your kind of entertainment as you're sitting in the chair, just kind of watch and observe. And when you come into my barber shop, I want you to have something that you watch, that you're entertained by. And what is more entertaining than your own life, right? There's nothing more entertaining than seeing you on the big screen in my barbershop. So here's what I do. My barbershop is appointment only, right? It's a prestigious, very exclusive barbershop. You have to make appointments. It's booked for months in advance. So I know everybody that's coming into my barbershop, and I use that to my advantage. I will look up the details, look up where they live, install cameras in every room of their house, record every aspect of their life from their home life to driving in vehicles to hiding in bushes with a full camera crew with a boom mic sticking right above them. Mm-hmm. I'm recording every part of their life and I'm going to edit it together to make a sitcom reality TV show. That way, when they come into my barbershop and sit down in that big plush chair and they look at the TV, they're going to see them cooking eggs <laughs> from last week. <laughs> You know, I'll add laugh tracks. Every time somebody comes into the house, they'll be like clapping, you know, like kind of like Kramer on Seinfeld as he enters the house, even though it's just like his wife, his kind of frumpy, (laughs) fat wife. She'll come in, they'll everybody cheer for her. She's kind of upset at him, you know, because he stayed up late last night, but she'll be the villain. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So we're kind of setting up characters here. I mean, just imagine how entertained that person will be as he first sits down in the chair and he sees himself sitting on the toilet just (laughs) struggling with some constipation like i just it makes for good tv so are there any any particular storylines that you that you prefer to play out when you're framing this sitcom angry wife uh seems to be the theme of the show overall well, you need, you know, you need the the villain of it. And I like the I like the kind of king of queens feel to it where it's just the dumb husband and the the naggy wife, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the kids that just never relent. You know, they're always asking for something else and you can just slowly see the husband, the father die behind his eyes. 3 hours of one episode is just him sitting on the couch just staring forward he's like the he, kind of the husband that lives for that cold beer after yeah work, he is you know like and here's the thing he's sitting there watching it's a three-hour haircut so he's watching this himself just sit there on the couch staring ahead he goes i'm not happy <laughs> he, he realizes he's not happy and he goes home and divorces his wife i <laughs> i made a man realize he's not happy in his life Let's hope he goes home and divorces his wife. It's not like a murder-suicide situation. They don't have a great marriage. 
This sounds like a warped version of It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. where you're the, the angel barber and you're showing him how his life is currently playing out and what he what he might want to addressing what he might want to change. I wear I wear angel wings actually in like a diaper but not like a normal diaper like it's a bed sheet just kind of tied around my no no But you've got you've got depends on under there though. Well, <laughs> well yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't go to the bathroom when I'm sitting cutting somebody's it's hair. It's a 3-hour haircut. It's yeah. a 3-hour haircut. I'm, what are you I'm, doing for 3 hours? I'm cutting their hair one hair at a time. Uh, of course. I'm like I have like a I have like a, a little ruler there, and I'm just making sure it's perfect. And I want them to see the whole episode. Yeah, that's just the quality that they get when they come to you. Because of the the long time that it takes to cut cut their hair, do you ever just kind of like just run their fingers through their hair and just give them a head massage? Me, do I? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Do they ever do that to you? Well, that <laughs> <laughs> you asked the question. So. <laughs> well, like it's you know it's one of those situations where I do it. And then, like, for 30 seconds, and I'm like, okay, it's my turn. <laughs> and I, like, I, like, hit their shoulders. I'm like, okay, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. You get up. sit in that chair yeah, with your I, angel I, wings. And I sit down, and I kind of, like, you know, and I'm like, ugh, this chair is warm. <laughs> but putting off a lot of heat. You gassy? Like, <laughs> I'm like, go, go ahead, go ahead. And he rubbed, he rubbed my hair. Okay. That's good. So I'm assuming you get repeat customers, right? People come in multiple times. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm very good at what I do, and they they're tuned into their next episode. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Does anybody ever walk in and they're like, "Oh, I love this episode." Yeah, there's some pretentious people. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, is it's a rerun? It's a rerun." Okay. No, I'm like, no, your life is just boring. You do the same thing every day. This is what you do. Do you ever edit yourself into the sitcom? <laughs> I do like the paranormal activity thing where, like, just at night, I'm just standing above their bed, just like, you know, <laughs> just fast like forwarding. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like me, like, rocking back and forth very quickly because it's <laughs> fast forwarding through hours of footage. I'm just standing there looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's like the night vision. So, like, my eyes are lit up and I'm just kind of the green, dark <laughs> footage. So, yeah. Okay. Do they ever question that when they see it? <laughs> do they question any of this when they see it? <laughs> usually so shocked just by the production value that I have that they, I think they're just they're speechless. I'd be speechless. How large a crew you run in to make this thing? How many people are running around their house like a like stagehands? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I employ a full studio crew. You know, I have the cameramen, the boom mic operators, light engineers. I have them all. So, you know, it's it's very difficult to hide that amount of employees in a house, but mm-hmm. we, we make we make do. You know, maybe the boom mic operator sitting in the corner put a lampshade on his head. Okay. They don't even see him. But they see the boom mic. Well, they like, don't see the they, person. <laughs> well, like they the husband's like says to the wife, like that's a weird fixture. And she thought she she says, "Oh, I thought you got it." They get into a fight. Again, not a great marriage, but we capture it all because that boom mic operator right there, right there to capture every. Do audio. you target people that have bad marriages? Like, or have you ever done one with a good marriage? Well, here's the thing: good marriages are never fun. Sure, I only do bad marriages here. Bad marriages, and here's how I tell: you know, maybe they sit in my seat, my my barber chair, and I give them a little shoulder rub. I'm like, "Oh, you're tense. <sighs> tell me what's going on." I whisper. I come around to the side of his ear. Tell me what's going on. You know, eventually he'll open up because he's so scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, he'll tell me a problem. Like, that's not it. That's not what I'm looking for. Like, continue <laughs> to tell me. Continue to tell me. And eventually he'll get to like, you know, his marriage is falling apart. People are more honest with their barbers than I realized. <laughs> I think when you're a freak barber like T-Man has, <laughs> you'll tell him anything. 
so I'm assuming when you're showing them these episodes, you know, you've edited this footage. You've kind of put it together to show what you want them to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how any good director does. But do you have any days where you kind of put on the extended cut, the director's cut, you know, put in that footage that got left out of the final cut, you know, well, yeah. to make them look sadder do, than they actually are. I don't do all the are. Photoshop I do. Like, yeah. you know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe one episode I give the guy really hard abs, but it's just crudely photoshopped. It's <laughs> yeah. a guy. It's just like a sticker that's yeah. stuck on him. He just kind of follows him along. Yeah, and you, you have know? poor tracking, so yeah. it's kind of just like gets <laughs> left behind every now and then. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because yeah. you were distracted while you were editing it. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> I was getting a head massage by one of my <laughs> one of my clients. That's what we do as barbers. I don't know relative to the barber that you had. You know, if we're less of a freak or more of a freak, but I, I think. Either way, you got a good experience, something you can talk about later. And I think, really, going home with a story is what you want from a barber. All right, as we leave our hypothetical segment, we're going to jump into a segment where we shed light onto what happens to Alan outside of these hallowed halls here at the studio. For those that don't know, Alan lives a very interesting life, a life that is full, not of good things, not of wholesome things, but full nonetheless. So let's get into this new story about Alan. We interrupt this program for a breaking news story. Breaking news. Hold on. This is breaking news. All right. This news story we got here pulled from the New York Times uh, titled Retirement Community Rattled by Alan's Pantless Pilfering Spree. It reads like this. Residents of the Sunnydale Retirement Community were left stunned yesterday as reports emerged of a peculiar series of events involving one of their own, Alan, who was caught red-handed in a most unusual act of mischief. Eyewitnesses recount that the bizarre chain of events began when Alan was spotted wandering the corridors of the community without pants, a sight that raised eyebrows and prompted concerned murmurs among the elderly inhabitants. However, it was what happened next that truly set tongues wagging. In a scene straight out of Surrealist Nightmare, Alan was allegedly observed surreptitiously pilfering an assortment of oddities from unsuspecting seniors. Reports indicate that his targets were not limited to conventional valuables, but instead comprised a bewildering array of peculiar items, ranging from dentures and knitting needles to commemorative spoons and antique spectacles. Mildred Thompson, a resident who claims to have narrowly avoided becoming a victim herself, has this to say. The audacity of it all was simply staggering. I never thought I'd live to see the day when somebody would stoop so low to steal a fellow resident's false teeth. As word of Alan's pantless pickpocketing spree spread throughout the community, a palpable sense of unease descended upon Sunnydale. Many residents expressed feelings of betrayal and violation, struggling to comprehend the motives behind Alan's peculiar behavior. Local authorities were promptly notified of the unfolding situation and swiftly apprehended Alan without incident. He is currently in police custody, facing charges of theft and disorderly conduct. In the wake of these unsettling events, residents of Sunnydale are left grappling with a profound sense of disquiet in their once tranquil enclave, now irrevocably tarnished by the specter of Alan's pantsless antics. As they endeavor to make sense of this bizarre ordeal, one thing remains abundantly clear. Life at the retirement community will never be quite the same again. 
Alan, Alan, Alan. Now, Alan, I don't need you to incriminate yourself because I realize you probably have a big court case coming up. <laughs> Forget about your lawyer. You you have some you have some explaining to do. Do I? Not only <laughs> to the retirement community themselves, but to us. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you go into retirement communities without inviting us. Yeah. I, <laughs> you don't think we would like to go? Yeah, I want to have dinner at four p.m. I didn't think you guys were that into pudding. <laughs> And now that I know you're a couple of pudding boys, there's little boys that like pudding. <laughs> Call me that. I'll, I'll invite you next time. I don't know if there will be a next time for you. It doesn't sound like yeah. it, at least. <laughs> at, at the rate that this podcast is going, I, I bet there'll be a next time in about four to five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, explain. You apparently have been residing at the retirement home. Mm-hmm. You said you were one of the residents. Yeah. So first of all, explain the no pants thing. You're running around this retirement home, no pants. So a lot of that was kind of skewed a little bit. It always is. Fake news. Um, Yeah, fake news. Yes, I was running around not wearing pants. Okay. What they failed to mention is what I was wearing as a pants alternative. Ah, okay. And that was just t-shirt on my legs. You just flipped it upside down? I just flipped it upside down (laughs) and... Get a lot of a lot of breathing room. Yeah, yeah, a lot of breathing there. room under the crotch. <laughs> but I just stuck my legs through those armholes, and that's what I was working with. I assume you put all your stolen items into that extra room down there in the crotch. It yeah, very it makes it for easy access, you know. As you gather and stuff, it yeah. makes it really hard to walk because you're having to waddle. You have all this stuff just collecting who between are you, your legs. Who are you trying to run away from in a nursing home, though? I well, I mean, I never said it'd be fast. <laughs> All you got to do is be faster than person in a wheelchair. You yeah. know, I mean, historically, they're not that Just fast. Just stand uphill, you know? Yeah. So it said you were basically collecting anything you get your fingers on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> was there a reason? Yeah. Or are you just a... No cl- rhyme or reason. You're like, ah, I can pick Everything this up. that I do though. has a reason. I think you guys know that by now. <laughs> During my stay at the nursing home, one of our residents recently passed away. And there's been a bit of a power vacuum. That's been oh. left. <laughs> this resident, Martha. It's a woman. Oh, she died? Martha died, yeah. She kind of ran that nursing home. Yeah. Sort of like a like a biker gang leader. <laughs> her and her uh wheelchair bound it's oldies. Wore le- they wore leather jackets. That yeah, yeah. But it was not like new leather jackets. It was the leather jackets they all wore in World War Two. Yeah. So <laughs> But yeah, she recently passed away, you know, for better or for worse. Place needs kind of a leader. Absolutely. And so what I was doing is sort of finding things that could have been used as weapons to kind of not force people into following me, (laughs) but make it to where it would be uncomfortable if they didn't. Yeah. So you're staging a coup of the Sunnydale I'm taking over residential Sunnydale. home. Yeah. Yeah. Now it says you were caught red handed. Now I realize this is a figure of speech, but I assume you just put red paint on the palms of your hands and mm-hmm. as you moved around the hallways like a gecko on the walls, you yeah. kind of just left your left your handprints everywhere. Yeah. Red Now in it. now right here, Mildred has a picture of her. It has two red handprints right on her chest. What's what's that about? <laughs> Mildred was interested in being a part of my gang, the Red Bad Boys, and so she attempted to mark herself. I said, Mildred, thank you for your your interest. However, we decided to go elsewhere. Oh, you turned her down like a company uh-huh. turning down an applicant? Yeah, yeah. She uh, She's using a walker. 
So she did, did, hadn't yet got her wheels. Yeah. So that's kind of why that interview with Mildred, we're kind of on the outs, you know, like she, she's mad at me because I didn't let her in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And did so you, did you push her? she put those handprints on herself. Yeah. Okay. I did not do that to an old woman. <laughs> Cause she hadn't gotten her wheels. That's right. And they say every time a bell rings, a uh, retirement community gets its wheels. Yeah. Yeah. An old fart gets its wheels. <laughs> But yeah, I was taking those uh, those different things from people's room. You know, the crochet needles, um, kind of keeping one in my in my back pocket, like a sort shiv. of a shiv. Yeah. <laughs> and that way, that way, some old timer gets out of line. You just mm-hmm. stick them in the belly a few times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you you steal people's dentures. That's that's the fun one. And then you just go around and just start clamping people like with a bear it. trap. Yeah, yeah. And and the great thing is if they even do any investigating, it's not your teeth. You didn't you didn't bite them. You used somebody else's teeth to bite them. I feel like dentures would be almost like a, a display of power, you know? Maybe you have like it almost looks like the Game of Thrones throne sitting mm, in the main yeah. hall of this resident and you just have like dentures just surrounding you. I think that's, I think that's a good idea. And after I ended up stealing all those things, those weapons and kind of forming myself as somewhat of a, a leader within Sunnydale, I would then chose to go a step further and begin to steal their families. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people come in to visit their grandparents, great grandparents, you know, what if I'm also there looking better than them? <laughs> Man, Grandpa's looking young, <laughs> looking a little bit cooler, you know. Yeah, um, I don't have to. I don't have to eat things through straws, <laughs> so immediately a little bit better. I can walk. I yeah. choose choose the wheelchair life. That's <laughs> chosen by me, but I can walk. Um, so yeah, I'm just doing things to kind of to kind of make their families think, huh? Maybe we should come for him and not Papa. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's leave Papa in the room. <laughs> Yeah, the Allen guy. He kind of weirds me out. <laughs> so old. Let's go for that grandpa that's on the brink of thirty. <laughs> Let's go for that one. Do you see that grandpa just wearing a shirt as pants? <laughs> Looks like a saggy diaper, full of needles and <laughs> ditchers. So many protrusions. Yeah. Just lumpy. Let's get him. He seems like a good. He seems like a good grandpa. What do you think about Mildred snitching on you? To the press. The old adage, uh, snitches get stitches. Don't worry, Mildred's going to get hers. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I know exactly what hall she lives on. I know know when she gets TV time in the rec room. (laughs) And y'all call them uh, your living quarters blocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've got a couple of guys stationed on (laughs) D-Block. What they do is they kind of... If you're ever looking for them, if you're at mm-hmm. Sunnydale, mm-hmm. you'll find them at the water fountain in the middle of the hall. That's where they kind of <laughs> hang out. Flipping a coin. <laughs> Playing some jacks. Playing marbles, you know. And you got you kind of you got to pay to use a water fountain, you know. You oh, gotta, okay. That's that's kind of how we make money out there. Yeah, absolutely. Our boy our boys have to earn, you know. Like if you're going to be if you're going to be a part of the Red Bad Boys, you got to you got to bring in a little bit of a Income, you got income. Yeah, got to pull the money off the streets. But I'm sure Mildred will get hers. I think with the the power that you've accumulated with the following. Mm-hmm. See, I'm in. I I may have been arrested, but I'll be back. You'll you'll get. You'll be running your gang from the the prison. <laughs> yeah, from the inside. Yeah. When you when you've got a an iron hand on a retirement community, you know it 
it pretty much runs itself. You don't you don't really have to be on site for that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll get into the the actual prison and be like, this isn't much different from where I just came from, old Sunnydale. Yeah, I think I think uh, my my time at Sunnydale has kind of prepared me for uh, navigating prison life. <laughs> Sunnydale's never been in better hands. And Mildred's going to get hers. Like, old people die quick. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Her time, her times are coming. And, you know, people die in nursing homes. You know, they'll die in their sleep. Sometimes it's because they just pass on. Sometimes it's a Sometimes crochet it's- needle to the throat, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, I don't think you finished your quote there. You said old people die quick. Uh, I think it's old people die quick, especially when they have a hit out on them. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> The classic saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. One, one that people have used many generations. <laughs> I think that's good. I think it's good that you're exerting power on... The people that don't have a lot of power. Yeah, at this point, I'm not able to. Uh, I'm not able to take control of people my own age. So <laughs> we're looking. We're looking for a different, uh, just different tax bracket. You know, we'll have to come visit Sunnydale. Yeah, come back when I'm there. Well, we're gonna enter into our next segment that revolves around giving people facts about the world around us. So. Let's do our segment, Did You Know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that it's all right to wonder? Did you know that it's all right to wonder? There are all kinds of wonderful things in this world. You know, we just talked about Alan as he slowly taken over a old people residential home. So we're going to give facts about aging and the elderly. You know, it's something that we're all slowly creeping towards. So it's good to know about the inevitable. So did you know that the average age of a senior center participant is 75 years old? Did you know that 99% of people over 65 years old have health insurance, with 93 having government-sponsored Medicare? Did you know... According to the University of Michigan, 40% of people ages 65 to 80 are still sexually active. Close to 75% of those in that age range have a romantic partner, and 54% with a partner are still active sexually, and 5% are sexually active with me. (laughs) That's a weird stat. That's a lot of people. (laughs) That is a weird stat. I don't... You you sleep with your eyes open. The University of Michigan did that? <laughs> Did you know that social isolation makes seniors more vulnerable to elder abuse? So does a Louisville slugger. <laughs> Did you know that there are 23% more women than men over the age 65? So go get them, guys. <laughs> that pool is deep. <laughs> they say there's plenty of fish in the sea. They never said they're not old. <laughs> Did you know in the year 2020, the number of people aged 60 years and older outnumbered children younger than five years? And this is a direct result of the old people versus babies civil war that (laughs) happened during COVID. It was not well (laughs) televised because everybody was talking about COVID, but there was a very bloody civil war happening between kids and old people. Is that what that was? (laughs) If you ever saw just an old man fighting a toddler out in the street... (laughs) That's what that was. I gotta say, I thought it was just like a little cockfighting ring, but <laughs> that that makes a lot more sense. Did you know, by the time we're past middle age, we're immune to many more viruses, and as a senior, you might get a cold twice a year, maybe four times at most. 
that's much less than six to eight times as a kid. So basically what that's saying is when you get older, you're immune to AIDS. <laughs> so just go and doesn't matter, just you know? Just lick up some blood. Yeah, just <laughs> kind of get freaky. Uh, do weird stuff when you get old, I guess is what that boils down to. Did you know the old people population in America these days is 15% higher than it was in 2015. Um, that's in part because I have been dressing people up as old people, <laughs> taking the hair of old people and putting it on young people, uh, kind of weighing down that graph a little bit, yeah, kind of yeah, growing you, the population myself. Yeah, you've been really, really in, in influencing that bell curve. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, before they settled on the name Baby Boomers... They were originally going to be called the getting it generation. <laughs> Did you know science actually has shown that you actually don't get grumpy when you get old. You actually turn out to be much nicer uh, than when you were a child. So somebody tell my grandfather that. <laughs> um, please. I need a nice guy. <laughs> Did you know about 17% of older adults no longer have any natural teeth? 5% of them have replaced them with cool fangs. <laughs> Did you know that old people believe that any game that isn't checkers is witchcraft? <laughs> All right, there you go. Fun facts. As you age, there's something for you to look forward to. Everything we said is truthful. Fact check us. Go online. Google it. It's right there. But as we go, we've just given fun facts. Give everybody wisdom. What do y'all got? Common sense can get you a long way in life. But having some common sense in your bank account can also get you further. <laughs> just common sense? Just yeah, like just whatever the currency is? Whatever is common. Most convenient? Yeah. Whatever, whatever there is, as long as there's a lot of it. So your wisdom is just have money? Yeah. It'll get you further. <laughs> Abe Lincoln once said, I destroy my enemies by making them my friends. What he also said was I destroy my enemies with a Union Army. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't making a lot of friends out there. No, no. <laughs> in the trenches. <laughs> if you have a hypothetical advice you need from the three wisest people or just a subject for facts, questionable detour podcast at gmail.com. Write in, tell your friends. You boys want to be done? Yes. Good day and good night. Respect the detour.